You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, episode 51. Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome to another episode of SRC Radio. Um, today, I am so excited because we are joined by Andy Cazzarelli. Is that how I pronounce it? Yep, that's right. Amazing. Um, so Andy and I, actually, I heard of Andy through a mutual friend, and she seems to be popping up on this website or on this blog and podcast quite often, Miss Kristen Weiss, and she was the one who actually also told me about um, Ellie Abrahamson as well. So um, Kristen told me about Andy's story and a little bit about Andy, and I just had to get her on the podcast. Um, so Andy, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited. Us too. Yeah, really excited to get to know you. <laughs> um, Andy, how's your day been? It's been good. Just busy. We're about to move. And, uh, so all kinds of fun stuff uh, with that. So mm-hmm. yeah, just, just running and working. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll get to this a little bit more, but you also had a pretty big weekend as well. So um, with a bird camp, at attendance, I should say, and your move. You've got a lot going on. So we'll dive into all these topics right now. Um, so we always like to start off the podcast kind of just asking, how'd you get your started running? Yeah, so I um, I started running when I was in middle school, actually. Uh, I loved running the mile in the uh, fitness testing when I was in elementary school, and I always had to win. And so um, it was kind of like a natural progression up to joining the track team when I got to middle school. But um, my real start was in soccer. So most of my fitness came from just all the running that we did with soccer and all of the sprints and things they made us do with that. And um, me and my sister were also super competitive. And so when she joined the track team in middle school, I said, I'm going to beat you next year. And she said, no, you're not. And um, so uh, that first race was kind of uh, going to be a big match for us between the two of us who was going to win. And I actually beat her in our very first race. She hated running after that point. Um, <laughs> and I kind of just like, just like, this is, this is cool. Like, I like this. I'm winning. This is fun. And so um, I just kept with it. And um, eventually just ended up uh, deciding to run in high school instead of, uh, I mean, running. I guess I did actually did soccer and track in high school the entire four years I was there. And so um, it was funny because I originally thought I was going to be a soccer player in college. And uh, after, you know, four years in high school, I realized running was my path and ended up choosing that when I went to college and took off from there. 
Oh, amazing. Um, you know what? I've realized, and I've said this before about soccer being like the start for a lot of our guests on the podcast, but also I didn't realize this until today. The the fitness test or the mile fitness test in middle school seems to be a common theme. So we have to thank our PE yeah. teachers and like the seriously. curriculum of all the states for starting all these amazing runners. Yep. Yeah. Right. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you attended North Carolina State University where you ran cross country and track. Um, what was your experience like as a collegiate athlete? Uh, it was actually great. It was um, kind of my, I, I guess though my first year though, I struggled a little bit. I didn't know I had an issue with gluten until I was, I think a sophomore in college. And so my freshman year was kind of uh, not what I expected it to be. I expected to kind of have this big going from, you know, a high school runner slash soccer player to being just a runner. And I thought, okay, well, you know, just focusing on running, I'm going to see this big performance and, and improvements. And I didn't see that initially. And it was, it kind of all boiled down to having the issues with the gluten. I had two stress fractures. I had um, anemia that we couldn't get rid of and had all these different things going on. And so, um, when we figured that out my sophomore year, things kind of took off and I started progressing in a very linear pattern. It was kind of like slow incrementally and increments to getting better and better. But, um, I had a great experience. The coaching staff there was great. Um, the, the program worked for me and I had a lot of great teammates that kind of to work with and bounce off of. So I think though, the, the one thing that I will say about Division One collegiate athletics is definitely very um, – it's, it's the environment of it is just a lot of pressure and a lot of uh, that kind of stuff going on. And so it can kind of get in your head a lot. And so I think the one thing that I would say is that I, that kind of got to me in the sense of I always felt like I needed to look like a certain type of runner, which I, so I would constantly try to compare myself there. And I would also kind of put expectations on myself a lot. And so um, while it was really great and I really value the experience that it gave me, there's like some give and take with it. So um, overall, you know, working with those coaches and my team was such a blessing and something I really look back on and think good things about. So mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing. Um, I feel yeah. like there are, I don't know about you, Meg, but I feel like there are some points we can touch upon there that might for be sure. beneficial for our listeners. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe starting in the freshman year when you didn't know that you were gluten intolerant, um, but you were having all these stress factors and anemia. And um, what mentally, what was it like for you to go through all these challenges and still continue running and not really know what was going on? Yeah, it was, it was kind of, it's funny to think back on now. I mean, my freshman year, I definitely had a different mindset about literally everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so when the stomach problems started and the iron and not being able to get my ferritin levels up when all that stuff was going on, I was kind of in this phase of like, I'm not going to stop. But I never really thought that never crossed my mind. But at the same time, I was like, what's like, I just was so lost as to what could be happening. And, um, and so I was a little frustrated. I remember at the end of the season being feeling like I let my coaches down, mm-hmm. uh, feeling like I let a lot of people down because I didn't really see the performance that they had expected for me to get to. And so um, I remember having the end of season talk with my college coach saying, um, I like, I feel like I let you guys down and he was like, no, 
there's nothing wrong. I mean, sometimes your freshman year is an adjustment period. And so we talked about those things and I kind of was okay with it. And um, I feel like it's, it's, it's weird to think about now because I kind of just got through it. It didn't, there was, there was things about it that were difficult and I just kept, you know, I kept sticking with it and I, and I knew that there'd be another side to it. It just never occurred to me that it wasn't, it wasn't going to work out. Um, I just felt like there was, I had, this was my path and that I just need to keep following it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of resilience and perseverance. I mean, two stress fractures and anemia, which makes you feel horrible. I don't know, Megan, have you ever um, had anemia at all? Yeah, um, low iron is so common, and mm-hmm. especially in collegiate running. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's tough, and a lot of times people don't even know it. So it's hard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and the one other thing that was happening with me is that um, I was gaining weight pretty easily and I am getting a lot of weight and felt like I had a lot of inflammation within my body and we couldn't figure out what was causing that and I was running worse than I did in high school I do remember crying a lot (laughs) um and I also remember I had gotten very kind of I'd never done this before when I was in high school you know I ate whatever Mm -hmm. and whenever and like whenever I was hungry I just ate and think about it Mm -hmm. and um when I got when I started having all the stomach issues and different problems I started thinking about it a lot. And I remember like counting out the goldfish that I was eating and doing like crazy things like that. And like being in, you know, writing down what I was eating and being like, I don't know what's going on. So mm-hmm. um, there were those times. Um, but yeah. 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 That, did you now, was that more just to figure out like what was making your stomach really bloated? And cause you also mentioned another thing um, we should bring in here too, is that you're gluten intolerant um, and possibly have celiac disease. Cause just from the conversations that you and I have had, um, mm-hmm. but we're never tested um, yet. Um, if you ever choose to do that, but nevertheless, um, when, what was that realization when you realized, oh, like it's not my fault or like I'm not doing anything wrong. It's actually my body just kind of rejecting something. It was, it was weird because I, my nutritionist was like, well, why don't we just try cutting out gluten? And prior to that, I had seen one of the nutritionists on staff at the campus on, in the student health center. And she was like, well, I think we just need to get you off that iron because she was blaming that on my stomach problems. And I was like, just doesn't make sense because my iron is too low and I was taking it three times a day. And so I was like, I just don't think I can do that. And she, so when we went to that, when I went to the nutritionist that worked with the athletes and she mentioned it could be a gluten intolerance or celiac disease, she said, just cut it out for two weeks and see what happens. And so Mm -hmm. I was pretty much just desperate at that point. Mm -hmm. I was like, what, just give me an answer. I'll do anything. I don't really care what I have to do. So I immediately jumped into that and I got a book at the same time to make sure that I was going full throttle, gluten free. Mm. I was going to cut out everything. And so I had gotten a book and I can't remember what it was called, but it was very conservative approach to it. So it, it mentioned any ingredient that could potentially contain gluten. Mm-hmm. So I was, I cut out every little thing that could even be that even was maybe had contained gluten and um, saw immediate results. My body felt so much better almost immediately. It was in with like within two weeks, I was maybe in a red shirt. And then um, 
coaches put me in a race and it went really well. And then they put me in at ACC's and mm -hmm. I think I placed fourth on our team, not fourth overall, fourth on the team. Yeah. So that was actually a huge improvement. And um, just a lot of things just started clicking after that. I was able to get my ferritin to normal levels above like around 50 and higher for the rest of the time I was in college. Um, I didn't knock on whatever, have a stress fracture again. Um, and uh, I just kind of, my, the weight, my weight came off, all that inflammation kind of went away mm -hmm. and you know, things were doing, I wasn't having the stomach aches. Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting sick all the time. So that mm -hmm. all these things just kind of clicked. And, um, I don't know if I really reflected on the changes. I just, it would happen so fast yeah. and I was in the middle of a season that I just kind of was like, all right, this is cool. And just went with it. So uh, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it was a relief. <laughs> yeah. It was relieving basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so another thing you mentioned in your answer, um, prior was you spoke a little bit about D1 athletics and collegiate athletics and how it's pretty pressure filled and you can get in your own head. And, and even you brought up the idea of looking like a certain runner. Um, that's something we talk about quite often here at SRC and we'd love to get your perspective of all of these topics if you would like to share or as much as you'd like to share. Yeah. So I, when I was in college, I felt like I needed to be smaller all the time. Um, and that wasn't really a perspective I ever thought of when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I never, that never occurred to me that you could look, that you needed to look like anything. And so, um, and I think getting to college and kind of feeling like I needed to look like somebody that put a lot of pressure on I me mean, my freshman year when I had gained a lot of weight. And then, um, then I think after I lost all that weight, like I was at this weight that I felt like was, I was running faster at, and then I became terrified to gain that weight. And then I also became, uh, I also started comparing myself to more runners once I was running faster because uh, I wanted to get faster. And I started thinking, seeing all these girls that were running super fast and I was like, I need to look like them. And mm -hmm. um, it was definitely not the right way to think because I'm definitely more, I'm a more, I'm a, I guess I would say I'm a little bit stronger. Um, I'm not a toothpick Mm -hmm. um, type of girl. And I, and I now have that perspective that there's no right body type. There mm -hmm. are going to be, there are runners that are thin, there are runners that are strong and powerful and bigger, but they're all strong. Mm -hmm. I think no matter what your body looks like, you, you're strong in, in whatever it is and that mm -hmm. you kind of just need to do what's right for your body and fuel it the right way. And you'll eventually learn that you are still able to run just as fast as these other women mm -hmm. when you're giving yourself the nutrients that it needs. And mm -hmm. so um, that was definitely not something that I had was able to cope with until I think, you know, more recently, uh, I think joining Wazelle was a huge piece to that because they kind of very much promote women and mm -hmm. body and self mm -hmm. self image. They, they, they want the women on their team to feel good about themselves. And so um, the, joining their team really, kind of gave me that perspective so yeah yeah um I love what you said too and uh, I was reading your article on amenorrhea recovery you wrote you have to slow down to speed up it taught me the psychological things that happen to the body when you go too far um, that's really powerful slowing down to speed up mm -hmm. um, other than that during this this process of kind of 
you know, recovering from amenorrhea? What were some of the lessons that you learned? And do you have any advice for those who are um, recovering right now? Yeah. So it's, it, the thing with amenorrhea is that it's so complicated. There are so many different factors involved and there's so many different things that can cause it that, I mean, that a lot of times there's the stereotype too, that amenorrhea um, is only going to affect people who are, who have had an eating disorder, who are not doing certain things. And that's not entirely the case, which is just what I've learned. Um, because through the whole process, there was times when I was working with someone that kind of thought maybe that it was due to me not not eating. I think that there was definitely a time period where I was not eating enough when I was in college, which has definitely contributed to part of my problems. But um, more recently now, I've had still had a struggle with trying to figure out what is still causing things because I've been kind of in and out of getting the period back. And um, yeah. but so it's it's not tied to my weight, and that's. Not that's one thing that it's hard to kind of tell what what's specifically causing it. So mm -hmm. I think part of it's also patience and and when you've had not had your period for X number of years, it's definitely going to be a longer process of trying to get it back because your body is so smart. Like it, it'll do what it needs to do to function the best possible way it can whatever circumstances it's under, it's going to do what it can. So um, for me right now, it's, I've still been trying to figure out like all these different missing pieces. Yeah. Um, the thing that I will say is that if a doctor tells you it doesn't matter, find a new one. I've felt, I have had several doctors just be like this half that just happens to runners or athletes just have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And that's not, it's not the case. There's something wrong. There's something causing it. So get to the bottom of it and figure out what you personally need to do and have people that in your corner that are going to support you because it's a very stressful process. I think that if you're trying to do it alone or trying to figure it out on your own or um, a lot of times that gets difficult and when you reach out to the wrong people and they make you feel worse about yourself, mm -hmm. that's also hard. Mm -hmm. So you know, to keep searching, keep looking for the person that's going to listen to you, going to hear you, and is going to support your journey back to health. Mm -hmm. so. Who Who is that person for you? So I actually have, I mean, Sarah Lesko, my team manager on Moselle, mm -hmm. I've been uh, kind of communicating with her a little bit on this. She's going to connect me with some different people to kind of Great. move this process along. But I also worked with Tani Prezak. Mm -hmm. Um, and also Brie, uh, Weaselman, mm -hmm. she's the functional medicine doctor I've been working with. Who's been kind of looking at what my hormones are doing. Um, she's been helping me with some of the gut stuff, uh, cause I've had some issues with some GI, um, overgrowth, bacterial overgrowths and parasites. And so there's, that's a contributing factor. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of pieces to this whole puzzle that mm -hmm. are, um, mm -hmm. now coming together. And they're also things that sometimes they don't look into the GI perspective and how the, I mean, your endocrine system and your GI system are actually fairly related and there's things there that can overlap and um, change, change your environment. And um, so all of those people have been super helpful for me. Yeah. Now I have one question uh, just about the process for you. Did you have to take any extended time off from training or had you been just working on making, you know, nutrition, life, stress changes? 
So I started off just doing the nutrition life stress changes, stuff like that in my daily life. And then um, in the beginning of this year, actually in the month of January, I think I took, no, month of December, took all of December off. Um, I did some light exercise in there, but I definitely tried to keep it to a minimum. Mm-hmm. And um, that that was kind of the most extent of the time that I took yeah. off for it. Um, and then, yeah, but then the beginning of this year, it was having even more issues coming off of that break period. So I felt even worse in training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just kind of at this point where I was like, I just took this month off. Like, what? Like, the, wasn't that supposed to solve my problems? And it didn't. And things got worse for a little bit. But, um, you know, I had to keep searching and mm-hmm. going through the process. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine as a like a professional runner in your shoes, that's got to be really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you maintain a balance? Like during that month of December, for instance, what do you do to kind of take your mind off of running? And um, do you have a job outside of outside of running itself? Yeah, so um, I was actually walking a lot because I was just like I want to do something, and it was actually really nice to go on walks because mm-hmm. I would. I was actually kind of taking in the environment a little bit more because I sometimes will, when you're running, you're not always paying attention to your surroundings. And so I would go on these walks and be like, Oh, I never looked at that before and never seen this before. And just kind of like taking it all in. Uh, And then the other thing I was doing, I actually do work full time. So I work as a real estate appraiser, which is a really flexible schedule. So that's pretty nice. Um, And then I also kind of invested my time into um, doing some more, just, I love to cook. So I was cooking more, um, finding ways to fill my time with like some creative things that I enjoy doing that are therapeutic. Um, then I was also doing um, jazz yoga. Mm-hmm. So I was starting to do more of that and meditation. And they have a whole, they have a book that's actually called Work In. And it's um, got, it's basically all about recovery and really recovering because your body, like if you're just sitting, you're not necessarily recovering. You have to be kind of in a, space for your body to be able to actually absorb that recovery and actually feel like like therapeutically recovered. And um, that book was really helpful for kind of learning that perspective and trying to actually take those techniques into my daily life. And um, I actually in February did like an entire 28 day cycle through work in to practice, you know, being more mindful. Yeah. Those all sound really, really beneficial to you and what I love about it is that they were all unique to you if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so you know you can I could sit here and be like yeah I went for walks too or yeah you know I cooked or whatever but it doesn't (laughs) that might not have been what I needed to recover you know what I Mm -hmm. mean it it could have just been what you know I thought I needed to recover but not actually like oh Andy's doing this so I'm gonna do it too you know what I mean it was yeah sounds very um Mm -hmm. as though it was important to you which which is great Uh uh-huh yep Mm. Um, so as you mentioned, a big passion of yours is food and nutrition. Um, and so what are some of your favorite recipes, favorite foods? I mean, anything that maybe made you feel good when you weren't feeling good? Um, you know, just thoughts behind that, I guess, and how maybe it fuels your, your, your running right now. Yeah. So I, yeah, I love to cook. Um, I am also lactose intolerant. So I do a lot of, try to do a lot of dairy free and gluten free baking. Mm-hmm. Um, I have recently gotten really into cooking with turmeric for some reason. I'm just like obsessed with it. So lately, like for breakfast, I've been doing an oatmeal where I put turmeric, cinnamon, 
black pepper because black pepper actually helps you to absorb the or the turmeric to actually work um, and then some sea salt and then I put almond butter in there as well so I I've just been doing that before I run in the mornings and turmeric's really good for anti-inflammatory so that's kind of right one of the things I needed I um, we just got sponsored my Raleigh distance project team is sponsored by Big Spoon Roasters so I've been doing a lot of fun stuff with their products um, made a really really good banana bread um, with a maple cinnamon um, peanut butter in it so that was that was wow. yeah <laughs> I literally ate like a half not a half I don't know how much it was I ate that for lunch yesterday because it just sounded really good so I was like eating that and like making a salad and making some other stuff and I was just like ah, I'm just gonna eat the rest of this so um yeah so then and then I um I love doing uh, like a cashew cream tomato sauce and doing that with pasta and chicken and um, kale. Um, another thing is I eat avocado. I eat a half an avocado every day, like hard. Like that is the one thing, hard and set thing that I do literally every day. And the, my team always makes fun of me about my obsession with avocado. Um, that and tacos. I'm like all in so um but yeah i have a bunch of recipes on my blog that i have done i haven't i haven't been creating as much as i used to but um i just love finding recipes and then trying them out tweaking them and making my own and mm -hmm. throwing things together i've done a lot mm -hmm. of you can recipes um mm -hmm. i like to you know come up with new and different ways to take my you can so i don't get yeah. bored of it so yeah um, I have to ask, are you in, straight out of the like pit or pit? Oh my gosh, straight out of the shell avocado or like, do you put it on toast or on rice? What's your go-to? So lately I've been doing the toast and I put Trader Joe's has, um, uh, what is it? The everything but the bagel seasoning mm -hmm. and I just smash it on my toast and then I put that on there and I, I always have to have protein with my meal though. So, but yeah. I noticed that I don't. The turkey on it kind of ruins my toast. So okay. I eat the turkey mm. and then I eat the toast. And I, I, for some reason, I'm just like, I just want the taste of the avocado. That's how I want it. And I also, the other day was funny because I was talking to my friends and I was like, I swear avocado toast has ruined avocado on other things because it's just not as good. So <laughs> true. Yeah. And other things, and I'm like, this is just not as good as my avocado toast. I mean, I'll <laughs> tell you it, but, you know, it's just, just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and oh, and I also love doing eggs on my avocado toast. Mm. That's that's a good, mm -hmm. a good snack. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. for sure. I have two yeah. thoughts for you to try for avocado. Okay. The first one, I don't know if you're a fan of rice cakes, but Lundberg, the actual like really good rice cakes, not like the yeah. Quaker ones that taste like paper, but actual. Yeah, avocado. I get the lightly salted ones. Oh, the best. Yes, the best. Okay. Um, smash avocado on that with, I haven't ever tried the everything but the basil, basil seasoning. I can't do garlic and onion. It doesn't sit well in my stomach, oh, but, no. um, with, um, just salt and pepper. So okay. good. The second thing, and this sounds really weird, but I promise it's really good. Get full fat Greek yogurt or you can't have dairy. Okay. So never mind. Or well, I normally, I'll do Greek yogurt most of the time. Oh, okay. Um, so, cause I, I mean, I've noticed like sometimes when I eat yogurt, it gives me a stomachache, but normally it's when I'm like way hungry and I'm like, gotcha. yogurt. Okay. So, well, if it's yeah. like with stuff, I normally am okay. Yeah. So. 
So try this if, if your stomach is okay with that. Cause I have issues with lactose too. So, yeah. um, but I tend to be okay with like Skyre and like Siggy's and stuff like that. Anyways, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter, but full fat Greek yogurt with a half an avocado mixed in or like kind of on the side with strawberries and blueberries, um, a little so bit good. of peanut butter, or almond butter, and then you can put like cinnamon on it. If you like honey, I usually actually put a little salt on it too. It yeah. is and granola and like stuff like that. It is yeah. so good. And you would think it's the weirdest combination. I promise you, your life will be changed. It is delicious. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I'm going to definitely. Do it. Or add a sweet potato to it. That's really good too. Sweet potato with anything, I'm good. (laughs) So good. Anyways, we could talk about food all day, apparently. (laughs) I literally could. Me and one of my college teammates that I, who now runs for Zap, Joanna Thompson. Okay. We used to to go on runs, like long runs. We were running for like hours and all we would talk about was food the entire (laughs) time. This is ridiculous, but also the best. Totally so. understand that. I feel like, I don't know, Megan, if you ever experienced this when you were training for your marathon oh, yeah. or even your longer distances, I get to like mile three of mile 22 long run. And I'd be like, okay, what am I having for breakfast <laughs> after this? Like, oh, yeah. oh, like already sure. planning ahead. <laughs> yeah. Bird camp this weekend, we were running and I was like, I really hope they have gluten-free pancakes when I get back. <laughs> they did. So that was really great. I was really excited. So <laughs> oh, that sounds delicious. And transitioning into that. So you just decided to join Wazelle and I love what you said earlier about them having like embracing all sorts of runners to really have a strong female identity. Um, so what was this decision like to, um, to run for Wazelle? And, um, in addition, well, we'll ask that second question. Just tell us about your decision to run for Wazelle first. Yeah. So I, um, had been in contact with them when I first graduated and, um, my final season at, uh, as a collegiate was actually cut short. I, I didn't qualify for nationals. I had gone the two years before and I just, I, I think I got way too mentally overstressed about it going into it and kind of blew up. So, um, it was actually like a really tragic, very like end of my season. I was 13th in the 10 K and I was, which is top 12 go on. And so that was kind of really disheartening. And then I was, I tried to throw my shoes away and uh, my mom got them out of the trash for me, thankfully. Um, but I had the 5K the next or two days later. So my coach was like, "You still have a chance to qualify. Don't, don't go overboard now." Um, so I raced, and then I placed eighth, um, top five go on, and then the next two fastest times, mm-hmm. and the next two fastest times were from my heat. And so I was practically devastated after that. And because um, actually, when I was in college, I felt I feel like I kind of got more of my self-worth from my performances. And so it left me feeling super empty. And um, I think I actually had somebody shoot me a message on Facebook after I've been like laying in bed for two days. Um, <laughs> not literally, but almost. Uh, and they were like, you should just keep running. So I was like, all right, all right. So Wazelle had been in contact with me. And so I reached back out to the team manager and she said, I kind of want to meet our athletes before we sign them. And I was like, totally understand. That's actually a great way to, you know, do things because mm-hmm. how do you know, like when, yeah. how the, like, the quality of human being that you're having join your team mm-hmm. if you haven't met them. And so um, they were like, well, just keep in contact with me and we'll see how things go. And so that entire first year post-collegiately, I was just running and I didn't know why I didn't really have a purpose. I didn't have, the love of it in my heart. I didn't realize it at that moment, but I didn't really have that in me yet. 
And so, but I emailed the team manager after every race, every race that I did, and they were all bad. None of them went well that entire first year post-collegially. Um, but by the end of the season, she, after I emailed her after my last race, she was like, you know what, you've been really persistent. We're just going to offer you a spot on the vole. And um, at that time, they, the, it was invitation only to be on the vole. Um, they had just introduced, I think, this, uh, what was called the flock, where you paid mm -hmm. a membership. Um, that's pretty much what the, what the vole is kind of now. Mm -hmm. um, but at that time, they had three levels, hopefully vole and the flock. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And so I joined the team and uh, met the girls that were on the NC vole. And I immediately just felt like I was at home. Like I, mm -hmm. they were all just so wonderful. Everybody was just so supportive mm -hmm. and they all just loved it. They all, mm -hmm. they were all on this team and they were all different types of people. And I was just like, this is where I need to be. And so it kind of just, you know, I joined the team and immediately um, took off. There was, I think I joined in July of 2014 and I qualified for the trials in mm -hmm. the very beginning of November of 2014. Mm -hmm. So um, it was a quick progression after joining them. So I credit them with a lot of my success. But also your hard work too. Don't, don't yeah. count yourself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, but yeah, they also kind of helped me get that perspective of yeah. this is why I run and this is why I love it. So yeah, it was, you know, yeah. everything I needed. That's so important. I want to thank you for sharing your experience about transitioning from post-collegiate athlete to professional running because it, sounds like it was a struggle. It was not easy. And I had an image when you were talking about you throwing your shoes in the trash, like mm -hmm. that is so powerful. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. actually taking something you love and chucking it in the trash. Like I have goose, I actually have goosebumps thinking about that because that's just like, it shows your passion actually for the sport and how much it really matters to you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's funny. I tell people I'm an emotional runner. Um, just because I get like, I, like I used to just throw everything into everything that I, and I still do. And so when it doesn't go well, you're, <laughs> I am a hot mess sometimes, but, um, I, I live in the moment too. So I, I, lots of times will be like, just so upset about a race and yeah. I let myself be upset. I'm like, all right, I got, I've got this time frame to be upset. And then tomorrow I've got to figure out what I did wrong and I'm going to fix it next time going yeah. forward. So yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm happy to hear you let hear that you let yourself kind of just sit with that being uncomfortable or sit with that feeling because it's a tricky place to sit in. But when you yeah. sit there, it's it's such a learning experience, and it mm -hmm. seems as though you've kind of grasped with that and wrangled that a little bit into be your benefit actually. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. Super helpful now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Wazelle, you just got back from bird camp and I'm actually very interested to hear a little bit if you wouldn't mind sharing about what your experience is like um, because this is the first year they've ever done the big bird camp. Prior mm -hmm. to this, for those who are listening who didn't know, they did smaller regional camps. Um, and so I went to Northeast bird camp last year where I met Hannah Meyer who um, has been on the podcast multiple times and um, she was just, she's been wonderful. And so from my experience, you just get to know these incredible women with amazing stories and I don't know, Andy, if you've had similar experience there. Oh, yeah, totally. So, and I've actually, so before they had regional bird camps, they did have two big bird camps. So this okay. was way back in the day, though. So I think their first one was in 2014, maybe. Um, I went to one in 2015 in Leavenworth, Washington. And I just remember 
going to that camp and it's undescribable. We even talked about this at camp. We were like, mm-hmm. can't even describe how amazing it is. It's just this, <laughs> like, it's, it's just, you know, and this year was, I think, even more powerful than the camp that I went to back in 2015 and the smaller bird camps I went to. Um, I met so many amazing women at each one of these camps, and I actually got to catch up with a lot of them at the big, this big bird camp. But the one difference, I think, in this camp was is that there was a lot of – there was a lot of energy and work put into, I think, kind of helping all of the women that were there create a better perspective of themselves. They were, they taught, like, I felt like it was like a self-love camp. It was like oh, a, nice. let's, you know, figure out how to, how to, you know, connect with everyone and let's figure out how to make everybody leave this weekend with like a better perspective on themselves and on life. And so, um, there was a, there was a really great, uh, body image session that I went to and that was really, really cool. Um, Lauren Fleshman taught a writing little writing clinic, mm-hmm. which was just, you know, amazing. And now I'm like, Oh, totally. Now I know why she's <laughs> So good at everything she does because yeah that that was pretty cool um we got to hear Allie Kiefer talk about her experience going from um like the Nike the moon shoot team that she was on to um Wazelle and winning or doing so well at the New York City Marathon and just how she progressed into that and then um her experiences coming out of it and then we also got to hear Kara speak and about her new book I think it's called strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really fun. Uh, there was a lot of tears shed, I will say mm-hmm. just from the weekend in general, just, you know, when you hear other people's experiences and you talk about th- deep things like that, there's obviously going to be times when you can't help but start crying. And it's amazing because, you know, it's the time to be vulnerable. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of that, I think at camp and it was a super valuable. I think to so many different people. And um, of course we ran, and a lot. So that was good. Um, what else? What else? Uh, uh, we did, there's an epic dance party. I will say <laughs> it was very nice. And then the fashion show, of course. So there's some fun stuff. Oh, yes. This fall. So keep an eye out on the Moiselle <laughs> website. Uh, yeah. So that was pretty exciting getting kind of the inside scoop on some of mm-hmm. that stuff. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure Sally will uh, not be able to contain herself. <laughs> she never does. So you know, yeah, keep an eye out for all of that. And um, yeah, oh, it was definitely an amazing yeah. experience. And um, my uh, Raleigh distance project teammates were able to make it. So mm-hmm. that was huge. And uh, I told them beforehand, I was like, you guys need to find a way to make sure you guys can come because I can't, I can't actually explain why you need to come, but <laughs> if you come, you will, you're going to leave this weekend with like a whole newfound, mm. you know, look, outlook on your running and which is great because we're all at the beginning of a season and it's time mm. to, you know, start grinding. And so, um, yeah, I, I just feel super motivated and ready to go after leaving that camp. So, yeah. That's like the best place to be in when you're ready to, when you've had an experience where that you can share with others and bond with others, but not only that, you almost bond with yourself more, you know, and you're kind of in that element of like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Like this is my time. I'm ready. You know, that's such a great place to be. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. So, yeah. Um, so I guess speaking, if, if you're ready, what are you, are you currently training for something or like what's going on running wise and tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So 
First up is the Virginia 10 miler, which is actually our Raleigh Distance Project team's anniversary race. So we started at, our team started on our way to the Virginia 10 miler last year. So yeah, we're all going up there to race that this year, which is really fun. Um, And then, but my big goal race, is actually going to be in the Monumental Marathon in November. Mm-hmm. I My goal for that is to try to get the trial standard. Uh, a goal would be to maybe be able to get that, the A standard. But uh-huh. uh, at this point, you know, I'm just trying to stay away from putting myself in a place where I have expectations or, mm-hmm. or enforcing the training to be one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, let, let the, my body tell me what it's capable of and just keep working through the season and, see what happens. Uh, I just changed coaches. So I'm working with the coach that's actually um, the coach of the Raleigh distance project. So I've got some different, I've got the team to train with, which I think is something that I've been missing. And um, I think the change was mostly just that I, you know, I could be surrounded by my teammates that'll help me to kind of keep moving forward mm-hmm. and, and, and in a way that's going to keep me, hold me back so that I don't get too much in my head mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, try to overdo it so I'm yeah I'm really excited to kind of see what happens it's like you know I don't know and I'm not kind of making myself feel like I have to do anything and that's kind of been the way it goes so yeah oh you look so excited you look so joyful and excited and ready and just ready for this challenge and we're excited for you and um Indy Monument, Monumental Marathon. I've heard it's really good. It's a good one. I, I think if I'm correct, like what's well, one of the kind of famous ones in the country. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So I, that was where I actually qualified for the trials in 2014. That was oh, the race I went okay. to. I ran the, but I ran the half. So I, I see I had that experience. And then, um, after I dropped out of the trials, I, rebounded that year and ran Indy as my first marathon so um, and it went really well and so I am just going back there you know it's got good vibes for me and it's also uh kind of taking a little bit of pressure off me because it's not like going to New York or CIM or one of the bigger ones it's kind Mm -hmm. of a little bit it's going to be a little bit I think easier for me mentally and then also my team's racing so we'll all be there so there's that support system as well. That's great. Um, it's always nice. I, I, the three marathons I've run have always been big marathons, and I'm mm-hmm. just so ready to run a small marathon. Like where I don't even care. Like I don't need spectators on the course to cheer me on. Like I don't need any of that stuff. But there's something about a small marathon that's so alluring mm-hmm. to me, or smaller, I guess I should say. Yeah, because yeah, Indy's still it's still relatively large. It's just yeah. um, not as large and there's just not going to be as much because the CIM is yeah. like the U.S. championships and I did that right. last year and I got really like uh yeah you know, I want to yeah. see in this pack and yeah yeah so this will be a little bit better I think yeah it sounds like less glamorized if that's the right word you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so as we begin to wrap up, we have a few last questions for you, if that's okay um mm-hmm. so one of them is what is currently making you thrive I really think that, you know, Raleigh Distance Project team is really helping me to thrive. It's um, through the period when I was struggling this earlier this year, uh, it was really difficult to, you know, try to focus on running too much. And uh, I had the team, though, and I had the work that it takes to kind of be building a an elite running team to kind of distract me. And then I also had the, you know, the successes of my teammates 
to distract me. So to know that what we're doing is working was, you know, enough to make me still feel good about where I am and what I'm doing and where I'm progressing. And so, um, that, that, I mean, just being able to be involved in that and being able to see as it grows and as it changes and as it becomes bigger and better has been really, I think, helping me to get, stay excited and stay motivated to keep moving even when things are rough. Um, and so that's, I think that's the biggest thing. And then also just trying to continue to be like a positive role model for my, um, the Wazel, my Wazel teammates and all those people who care about me. Uh, you know, they're, they're not expecting to me, me to be my best every single day of the week or the year or the month. And so, um, you know, they, I think they help me thrive. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead, oh, Meg. <laughs> um, one question that we love to ask guests, kind of reflecting back on things that we've discussed, is what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, uh, totally a question that I think about often, actually. Um, there, I mean, I would, I would basically be like, you don't have to worry about what you look like because ultimately it's how you perform. Um, you know, be patient. Don't, don't feel like you have to do everything tomorrow. There's a lifetime of getting better and stronger. Uh, and then, you know, I think going through everything that I had gone through with the amenorrhea stuff, it makes me think, I wish that I had figured this out sooner. I wish that I had um, put the investment into myself sooner instead of thinking that it was okay to, since everything, because I was fine, I had told myself that it was okay to not worry about. And so I wish that I had, you know, been more uh, focused on being my best self at that point than as opposed to just being my fastest self all the time, because, uh, you know, if you're constantly just trying to be the, like, just trying to always be ahead of the, the gun, then you're going to be, end up kind of digging yourself a hole. And so I wish I had told myself those things. I wish I would have, you know, been um, happier with who I am and who I was as in, in the perspective that I am now and known that I was the strong athlete that I have always been. I just wish that I had known that deep in my heart. And um, yeah, I think those are kind of like the biggest things that I have to tell myself. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would have to say, and Megan, you can totally agree or disagree with me, but I would have to say I think that's one of the best answers we've ever had for advice yeah. to give your younger self. A hundred percent. I think so. Not just saying that. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. idea of invest, putting, your, putting investment in yourself mm -hmm. sooner. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's mm -hmm. another goosebump giver. Um, you know, that's something I think a lot of people need to work on, um, myself mm -hmm. included. And, yeah. you know, the idea of, you know, just having, no, I guess, coming to the realization of what you truly need um, rather than what you think you need or, or whatever um, is, is so powerful. And, yeah. But it takes time. That's a hard thing. Yeah. You know, you don't realize yeah. it at 18 or 19 years old that this yeah. is what I need. So yeah. it's kind of the one of those thing, give and takes. Yeah, the other thing that I would also say is that uh, it's, I think it's okay to have negative thoughts sometimes, but to acknowledge them as negative yes. and not believe them. Yes. I think because if you try to just, you know, push things away or pretend 
then it doesn't actually make you feel better. Um, I think the other thing is, um, you know, when like being vulnerable, crying, you need to, yeah. not trying to hide it or hold it in. I think, you know, being able to voice how you feel and being able to work through those things is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I wish that I had been able to open myself up to that at that point mm-hmm. in time. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess the last question we wrap on is, uh, what does being a strong runner chick mean to you? Uh, being, I mean, being a strong runner chick to me is, you know, just being strong in mind, body, spirit, um, and just been like, just, I, I guess all around as an athlete. Um, cause I think that strong as we normally see it is, you know, the physical appearance of, you know, muscle or this and that, or somebody who outwardly acts as if they are this really strong put together person. And I think being for me, being a strong runner chick is fully believing that I'm a strong runner chick and fully Mm -hmm. being able to tell myself that the body that I have is strong. And it's actually something that I do tell myself in when I'm, struggling in a workout or when I'm struggling in a race, I remind myself that I am strong, that um, all the work that I've done has put, has made me this person and that, um, you know, I am able to do whatever that I dream to do because I am now putting my body and my mind and my heart and everything first. And so um, I feel like that's kind of what it means to me is the holistically strong human being that I want to be. So, yeah. Um, Well, thank you again. And thank you for joining us this evening. And I I have no doubt that some of our listeners are going to want to reach out to you and just kind of get in touch with you. So if they, they, that's okay. How can they do that? Yeah. So uh, they can find me on my Instagram, which is run for a cause. And that is the, number four and then a c o z z and that is also my website is just www.runforacause.com um so they can reach out to me they can send me a message on my website or they can direct message me on my instagram or my twitter so it's all the same stuff uh run for a cause basically all you need to know Amazing. Well, Andy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us tonight. It it was it was a really good one. I feel really good about this episode. Oh, it, it, like I think, I think it's going to touch a lot of people in many ways, in many positive ways, and kind of get them okay. to sit back and realize, okay, I, I, I need to be a little bit more like myself, but I also need to incorporate some of what Andy said and maybe some of what I've heard from someone else. So there's a, a lot of thought going on here, which I think is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. I'm so happy that you guys were uh, able to include me and I'm just excited to kind of be able to help more people out. So thank you. Um, Well, strong grounder chicks, thanks for tuning in and we hope to have you join us for our next episode. Have a great evening, morning or whatever time of day you're listening to this. Bye now. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the strong runner chicks radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chick.